Amen, amen. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys. 2020 wrapping up. Who's excited about it, huh? All right, all right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, well, it's been an unexpected year, right? A lot of crazy things going on. Highs, lows, maybe some more lows than highs for some people. Uh, but honestly, it's been very unexpected. A lot of weird stuff have happened uh, politically, economically, health-wise. Like, it's been sometimes a dumpster fire this year. Let's just call a spade a spade. But in the midst of that, there's been some really unique things that have happened this year that maybe you have overlooked. So I want to highlight a few of those. You cool with that? All right, let's get this first. We have a reverse waterfall that happened this year. Okay, guys, this is in Sydney, Australia. I found this and I was like, you know what? This waterfall's it's just saying, I've had enough of 2020. I'm going the other direction. This is, I'm done with this year. Just high winds off a cliff just made this really cool waterfall. So that was cool. Let's go to the next one. All right, what's happening here is there's a riot of monkeys in Thailand. These Thai monkeys were typically being fed at a zoo, but with COVID-19 and the restrictions, there was no visitors. So they just went to the streets. They're like, we need our food. We are going to rampage and find whatever we can get. Uh, and then next, I don't know if you watch Full House when you're younger, but Aunt Becky went to jail this year for a few months. So uh, she suffered a little bit in 2020. And I don't know if you knew this, though, but one of our favorite holiday movies of all time, good old Kevin, was eight when we watched Home Alone, is now 40 this year. So you're welcome. I just made you feel really old, okay? Uh, and on a positive note... What we heard about in the spring were the murder hornets that were going to kill everybody didn't actually kill everybody. So we're going to take that positive energy and bring it into 2021, right? Yes. No more murder hornets. Uh, So at the end of the year, it's typical for us to create resolutions, (laughs) to think about a new season, a new year. What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to do and the next year, we have goals. We, we talk a big game about what we want to accomplish and what's super important. And as you already know from living life, is typically after the first two, three, four weeks, most of those resolutions don't ever make it up in conversation again. And so the question that you have, that I have, especially after a year like 2020, is how do we have an amazing 2021? What does that mean? look like? How do we actually bring change that's sustainable? And what's easy to do is say, I hope the world around me changes. What's harder to do is say, how do I change? How do I be the change that I want to see? And so that's really the emphasis of where we're going this morning. And what I've found when bringing change or thinking about, all right, Ross, how do we, how do we have a better year in 2021? What is that going to look like? What I've found to do that is wise, that is smart, is focus on something that's smaller and not so overwhelming. Focus on something that if I do this, it's going to have a disproportionate impact on my life, almost like a domino. I don't know if you knew this because I have little kids who play with dominoes sometimes, Uh, but if you set up a domino and you have larger dominoes, like my kids will have fun in our house with this, they'll just set up not even dominoes, random stuff to almost break and push over. But if you set something up, like a block, it can knock over a block 50% its size 
and so on and so on. And so check out this quick video to get a glimpse of what I'm talking about here. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. So you get, you get an essence, an idea of something that's small that if we leverage our energy into, it can cascade to affect other important, powerful parts of our life. And so the question then becomes, well, what is that? What is that? What can we do to create a disproportionate amount of change in a positive way? Change that's going to produce transformation, that's going to produce fruitfulness in our lives. And what I like to call what we're going to talk about today is a domino discipline, a domino discipline. And I'll give you an example of one in my life over the last few years that has been amazing, a domino discipline. So I got three kids. I got an eight, six, four-year-old, two girls, last as a boy. And my four-year-old son, about a year, year and a half ago, he went through a season of rebelling in his sleep, of getting up at like 4, 4.30 in the morning, coming into our room just like a boss opening the door up and saying, let's go, it's, it's daytime. And I'm like, are you serious? I love my sleep. He come in there and say, all right, I want to watch monster trucks because he loved monster trucks on your phone. And as, as parents hadn't really dealt with this before, our girls never did it. We just gave him our phone and he'd watch it, you know, for like an hour. And I was like, this isn't healthy. We need to like get him into a routine to get more sleep. And so what I did is I, I got in research mode and figured how do I get my kid to stay in bed and our whole family cannot go insane after he gets up so early. And so what I did naturally is I went to a place we all go to for wisdom uh, and that's amazon.com and I bought something to fix a problem, right? We, we all do this. And so I bought this alarm clock, okay? So this is a clock that is amazing. His name's Buddy, at least that's what we call him. And at night, his face is kind of sleepy. There's, there's no light coming off. And I told my son River, it's his name. I said, River, when this night light or clock, whatever you call it, is like the one on the left, you go to sleep. <laughs> you stay in your bed and you do not get out of your bed or there will be dire consequences. And then, at a certain point, it's going to get happy. It's going to get bright. It's going to get smiley. And that's when you can get out of your bed, and you can gently open up our door and give us big hugs with a nice, warm smile. And so I, I got after it. I just indoctrinated my kid every night. Like, I looked him in the eye, and I said, you are going to follow Buddy. Or God, give me grace and mercy, because <laughs> this is not going to work anymore. And he did after, like, two nights. So after weeks of him waking up super early, the domino discipline, the only thing that I had to do was set Buddy to make sure it was set. It took like five seconds every night. And instead of us having to go do an insane asylum as a family because we were exhausted and tired and call you know, child protective services, we don't. We are a great family. We love each other now. Uh, so this is a fun example of what a domino discipline can be where you give a little bit of effort and it creates a great result for you and those around you. And what I'd like to call this message is words to live by. Words to live by. What I've found this year especially in 2020, as a difficult, tough season, 
is, is I was, as I was praying, as I was trying to seek the Lord and say, God, show me what it looks like to follow you in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the struggle. And he brought me multiple times to the book of Romans. And in Romans, the apostle Paul at a point says this in chapter eight. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So what Paul is doing here is he's, he's provoking and, and encouraging us to analyze our thoughts and determine if we are dominated by negative, hopeless, even sinful thinking? Or are we controlled by the Spirit, consistent with our thoughts and that are God-honoring, that are hopeful, that are positive, that are, that are going to bring life, not just to ourselves, but to other people? And really, this boils down to the main idea of this message, which our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In other words, is your mind, when you wake up, let's say on Monday morning, it's tomorrow, the alarm goes off, and is this your thought process? Join me here. When you wake up, do you say, my God is powerfully with me. My life matters. I'm getting out of this bed, and I'm full of faith. I have I have this divine energy that I can feel buzzing around me to do everything that God has put in my path. I'm excited genuinely to live and to, to make a difference in the lives of my children and my wife and, and for those I see at work today. Okay, does that resonate with your mindset? Or do you wake up, you hear the alarm, and you're like, ah, snooze. <laughs> you know, you say, where's the coffee? Wait, whose kid is this? His foot's in my face. Why, why do we have kids again? Oh, man, I got to get up and I got I to gotta go to this stupid job to work with the stupid people. Why is life so hard? I can never get ahead. I'm going back to bed. Pull the covers up. Now, obviously, I'm exaggerating here a little bit on both sides. But if you were honest with yourself, which camp do you lean more towards when you wake up throughout the week? Now I want to make a statement, and then I want to ask a question. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? This is the fundamental question, not just for people who follow Jesus, but for anyone seeking to live a purposeful life. So for me, I'd find myself this past year having this inner dialogue occasionally. I'd say, oh, I'm depressed watching the news. Like, this is the worst. All the politics, all the, the bickering, the negativity, the inequality stuff, like, the pandemic, why is this happening? I'd say to myself, oh, I'm just too tired. I, my energy feels drained. I can't get ahead. Financially, like, are things going to work out? I feel anxious, 
Ross, what do you got to do? You got to do more things. And, and my faith, I feel like I'm not doing as much for God. I need to try harder. I need to be better. I'm not good enough. So again, as I was reading Romans over the last few months, I felt like God was nudging me. He was, he was inviting me to shift my mindset. That my mind and my thoughts was the fundamental to following him. So I needed to ask myself the question, what are, what are my beliefs that I'm reinforcing between my ears? What was the coach inside of my head advising me with? Most of us, we're just incredibly passive with this. We just accept whatever voice, whatever thoughts just breeze in and out of our heads. And we take it at face value as truth. This domino discipline that I call words to live by has been the catalyst for effective change in my life. And so going back to Paul, he also says in Romans this, you may be familiar with this verse in Romans 12. He says, do not conform. A lot of emphasis here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And what's great about this verse is, is that the way it's written implies that this isn't just you. This isn't just some self-help exercise to make us feel warm and fuzzy. This is about submitting to the God of the universe with faith and trust that he is big enough, that he's powerful enough, and he has the ability to shape and renew your mind to be just like his. But he needs you to submit to him. He needs you to surrender to him in that. This is aligning your thoughts with the God of the universe, with his supernatural power. And that literally, when we do that on a daily basis, we have different beliefs, we have different affections, and our lives actually are dramatically different. So this is important. But it's important because we know that life isn't about what happens to us. Stay with me here. Life isn't about what happens to us. It's about how you think what happens to you. This is so important. The, the stress, the challenges, they don't define you. But how you think about those stresses, those challenges, those hurdles, that's actually the secret sauce to living an abundant life. I'll give you an example. So about a year and a half ago, uh, our family went back to the Midwest. I'm from Wisconsin. Any Packers fans? It's okay. I'm in, I'm in Texas. i got to remind myself. Uh, and my wife, she's a Bears fan. She's from Chicago. Okay, so we go back to the Midwest for a, a nice summer vacation. And, and I, I have uh, low expectations for a road trip. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, like I'm like, let's fly, let's fly, let's fly. Because uh, I just don't love, I'm 6'5", I'm, I'm kind of tall. So I, being in a car for 15, 16 hours, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, but we got the family together and my wife's like, come on, let's do it. She's got nostalgia as a kid. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So she convinces me, we load up the minivan and we're going to Chicago, 16, 17 hour drive. And I'm like, God help me. Uh, and so we're driving and we're going and it's, it's actually going really well. The kids are not freaking out, whining, like they're being really good. They're enjoying playing games with each other, sightseeing. And this road trip is better, way better than I thought. And we stayed an overnight, had fun at a hotel, and we're all, all the way up in the Chicago area, okay? And so I'm feeling good. 
right? This road trip was way better than I anticipated. And all of a sudden, I'm driving the minivan, and I hear our back left side window of our minivan explode. And I'm like, what just happened? And I look back, and there's tempered glass all over the bucket seat in the back of our minivan. And my daughter, my oldest, is sitting in the middle. She's got, like, glass all over her lap. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, that was awesome. I'm like, no, that was not awesome. And we have 35 minutes left to go in this drive, and it's kind of drizzling out. And so I'm just like, this is the worst. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Something would happen on this trip. And I start to get into a funk. Right, and I'm like, we're gonna have to go to this Toyota dealership and spend a thousand bucks probably on this, and we don't have time to do this. We got other plans we got tomorrow with your family, Emily, my wife. And so we get to my in-laws' house, we we pull into their garage, and I'm kind of mopey, you know, getting out of the van. And my father-in-law comes out, and he's a pretty outgoing guy, and he's like, Ross, it's great to see you. He's like, Whoa, what happened? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, tone it down, Al. Like, I'm not happy here. Uh, And his name's Al. And so he's looking at it, and he's like, I can't believe this happened. And, man, praise God that no one got hurt. I'm like, whoa, we're praising God right now? Like, what are are you smoking? And, And so I'm just, I'm kind of annoyed with him. And he's like, Addy, your, your daughter didn't even get hurt? Like, man, this, this could have been a lot worse. I'm like, yeah, okay. And, and he, he goes on to talk about how, you know, this could have happened in Denton, Texas on your way up. And I'm like, that's true. It could have happened like way earlier in the road trip, but it didn't. And I found myself in a mental place where I had to like make a decision with my emotions, where I had to say to myself, Am I going to mope and be frustrated and just let this kind of sour my whole vacation? Or am I going to go this direction that's going to bring life, that's going to bring love, that's going to bring goodness and, and leadership to my family? And so it reminded me of a verse at this fork in the road where Paul says this in Corinthians. He says, we capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We capture our rebellious thoughts. And we say, sit down. We're not going to obey you, right? And so what I had to do is I had to take this woe is me attitude captive and say, nope, I'm not going to let those thoughts take up residence. I'm not, I'm going to instead choose to see God's grace and believe that right now. And so in that moment, I didn't really want to, but I said, I'm going to do this because this is going to be the best for me and my family and for our trip. I said, God, you have provided for me. We can, we can get this fixed. My family is safe. We didn't get in a huge car accident because of it. You know, and this, this story is going to help me finish a sermon someday, right? And here we are. And so what we, if you have a rebellious thought, which you do, I guarantee it, you got something going on. As you look back this last week, this last month, maybe with family, maybe with a Christmas gift you didn't like, maybe with just the hard things of this last year, you say, you know what? shut your mouth, rebellious thought, and you capture it, and you make it obey Jesus. You have a critical thought, and you say, sit down, critical thought, and, and, you, and, you, and you take hold of it, and you bring it, and you submit it to Jesus. So what's going to happen is negativity will flood your mind occasionally. Immediately, though, you stop what you're doing, 
One of the keys to successful people that I've met, and I know Christians and non-Christians, are the people that have control over their emotions. The people that know my thoughts don't define me. They're separate from my identity. I can, like a storm passing by, I can realize this, these negative thoughts aren't all up in me. Even though they bother me, I can distance myself from them and realize, are they serving me or are they not serving me? So we create some space, and for the ones that aren't serving me, I, I teach them to obey Christ. And so we take them captive. Here's an important question. What negative thoughts dominate your thinking? I want you to just take five, 10 seconds right now. <sighs> take a second. Think about the voice. Think about the mantra, the negative thing that keeps popping up in your head. Maybe it's with somebody else. Maybe it's with how you view yourself. Here's some of the ones that may resonate with you. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm just not. I can't get it all done. The croquembouche didn't turn out, okay? I'm a terrible person. I'm always going to battle with fill in the blank, being overweight, looking at pornography, anger issues. It's just going to be a struggle. I'm never going to win against it. I'm undisciplined. I'm a bad friend. I didn't reach out to the people this Christmas that I should have. I don't have much faith. I'm just an average student. People are much smarter than me. I'm not going to get a good job. I, I don't really deserve it. I need those drinks every night to relax. When your dialogue tips to the unhealthy, to the negative side, this is so important. You need to get clear with those negative, unhealthy thoughts. You need to, you need to be curious. Without judgment, without criticism eternally, internally, you need to say to yourself, huh, this is the thought. And with grace, with kindness, you just get clear with it. And after you get clear on this, this is what you want to ask yourself. What spiritual truth will demolish my negative beliefs? What spiritual truth will demolish them? And maybe you're kind of new to church. Maybe you haven't been coming for that long. Or maybe this year in 2020, you've been isolated like, like everybody, where you just haven't been in community. And it's been difficult. That's, it's been hard to have community this year. I want to take a little side road for a second. But community is one of the best ways to get clear from people you invite into your life, to love on you, to encourage you, and to point out things to make you better with love, with grace, with compassion. Because sometimes it's really hard to see what are the negative tracks that keep playing in my mind. And so I want to encourage everyone in terms of a resolution list, in terms of a goal list, Getting in community if you are not in community, whether it's online with a Zoom call, I know we're sick of Zoom, but fight for community, whatever that looks like this year. Because it is one of the sweetest things in your life when you have true community, especially with people who follow Jesus. And so fight for that this year. Don't make it an excuse. 
just because of our external situation not to get in a community. Prioritize it. And in my opinion, exercising these two questions, what negative thoughts dominate my thinking and then what spiritual truth is gonna demolish it? And then by that, you come up with your words to live by. That's gonna bring transformation. If you authentically do it, you're gonna see I'm telling you, you're gonna see powerful change in your life. And it may not be in a week, may not be in a month, but over the course of this next year, you will be a different person, I guarantee it. Or Jeremy will give you your tithe back, okay? He didn't, he didn't tell me to say that, I just made it up. So. <laughs> All right, I wanna to speak to the men for a minute in the room. You who struggle with confidence, you don't feel like you're good enough. You question your abilities, you question your talents. You say to yourself that through Christ, I am strong. I am fierce and I'm compassionate. I am a son of the King of Kings. You don't say it passively. You say it like you mean it because it's true. You say, I am a warrior. I stand firm even when pain is crippling because God is my strength. For those of you men who don't like your jobs, you feel like you lack purpose in life. You feel bored or frustrated with your schedule each week. Maybe you say out loud, because when you say things out loud, it ingrains in your subconscious more. You say it as you're driving to work. I have the power of God living inside of me. And Jesus wants to do more in and through me than while he did whatever he did on earth. My life has immense purpose, meaning, and I look for amazing opportunities to love God and people that you put in my path today. And this is something that you digest. You let sink into your soul. And men, you say this. You say, I refuse to waste my life on trivial or meaningless things because I am a son of God. And for women, I want you to lean in. I want you to, I want you to say, for those who are struggling with your body image, with comparing how you look with others, you meditate on these words. You say, I am stunningly beautiful to Jesus. Christ in me brings more joy than anything this world has to offer. I view my body with kindness, with grace and love because it literally is a temple of the Holy Spirit. God chose to take up residence in you, which is a big deal. Maybe you simply struggle with self-condemning thoughts of not being good enough. You speak these words, I am full of joy because Christ lives in me. God has given me everything I need to do to what he's called me to do. I'm fully equipped today. I am fully known and fully loved because I am in the royal family of the king of the universe, not because of what I do today, but because of God's unparalleled grace. Let's hear it. Come on, I'm getting excited up here. Expect words to live by to be a little bit awkward at first. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because your subconscious part of your mind has been programmed for negativity with years and years of, of people outside of you, but also the voice inside of you, diminishing the fact that you are a son and daughter of the king of the universe. And so it can feel weird, it can feel awkward. Just like anything else you learn in life that you wanna excel at, you push through it. 
because it's worth it. This will change your life if you're committed to speaking words to live by. And why is that? Well, it goes back to the main point. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And to wrap things up, I want to get a little bit vulnerable with you to share just a few of mine that I've created over this last year and why they're so important to me. And the first one is this. I struggle with identity sometimes. I struggle with, man, I got to do more. I got to do more. And so mine is God loves me because I'm his son, not because of what I do for him. I have a hard time truly believing that God's just like, Ross, my gift's here for you. You don't need to earn it. Because the rest of society says you got to work harder. you got to do more. You're not good enough. you you got to look at these people and see how awesome they are, and you got to step up. And God's just like, here you go. Here's your gift. And it's hard, right? It's hard to truly embrace that. So what do I need to do? I need to renew my mind around this truth that he just loves me, and I feel it. I bring emotion to it. Another one, God's spirit is powerfully circulating through my body. So some days I feel sluggish or I feel tired, you know, and I feel like maybe I'm not motivated or I just am having an off day. And so I visualize and I meditate on the God of the universe coming inside of me, like almost like, like circuitry, like a Christmas house that's all lit up, like the Griswold's house, you know, and it's just like circulating through me. Another image that comes to mind is Iron Man. We got a picture of him. And so it's a fun image. And I want to encourage all of you to use your imagination with these. Because when you have pictures and metaphors and stories, it brings it to life. And so when I think of Iron Man, I think of someone who's just got this endless amount of power. And that gets me fired up as I meditate and I think about that. Another one, my body craves healthy, high-energy food. And so I have a sweet tooth, right? Like I love junk food. I like, you know, especially Christmas time, just eating whatever. And so I meditate on the fact that, wait a second, my body is a temple. And this, this, this food that I want to eat isn't always good for me, so I'm going to eat other food. And I actually start to really enjoy eating salads lately, which I thought I'd never enjoy doing, to be honest with you. But since I've renewed my mind, my, my tastes have changed. Like, it's weird. Your mind is so powerful if you tap into the gift of your mind and what God can do in your life. Another one, all women are beautiful souls that Jesus died for. I will honor them with my thoughts. So we all know that lust can be a problem. It can be a problem with me, it can be a problem with everybody. And so for me, I wanna be proactive and say, man, I'm gonna view and I'm gonna honor the women God has put in my life as daughters of the King of Kings. And as I renew my mind, I find that I don't really struggle with lust hardly as much at all anymore because I've proactively program my mind in a way that's God-honoring. Over the last few months, I've been doing this, and it's been a game-changer, not because, you know, I've picked myself up, my, up by my bootstraps and tried to figure out life on my own. It's because of the goodness of God. And I want to wrap things up with this verse in Romans 12 that came right before the verse I shared earlier. In Romans 12:1. it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. And then right after that, he talks about do not conform to the pattern of the world. But what stood out to me this year is I was, as I was going through Romans, and in, ch- in chapter 12, is I- I'm like a, 
I'm like a bullet point person. I'm like, just give me the good stuff. Like, give me the nuggets. Give me the, all right, I don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And then I'm going to go execute, right? Like, I want, I want to be efficient. I want to be effective in my Bible reading and, like, exercises that I can do. And so what stood out to me in this verse where it, it, it says, in view of God's mercy. And I've always just brushed right by that. But God just kept bringing me back to that one part of Romans 12. Where he's saying, Ross, you're not doing all this stuff. You're not trying to change your mind and transform your life just, just to be better and do more. But you're doing it because of my love for you, because of my mercy for you. That my heart and my soul is so filled up that I can't help but start to transform my life. It's just a natural thing that starts to happen with the things we just talked about. That when I view the mercy of God, it leads me to, to this place of just gratitude. Where I'm not just trying to, again, fulfill a checklist. And so as you go into this new year, my hope for you isn't, oh, that was a good sermon. Let me just figure out some nice mantras to say to myself. My hope for you is that in view of God's mercy, in view of his grace, in view of his unbelievable love for me, I'm going to audit my thoughts. I'm going to teach them to obey Christ. And I'm going to meditate on these truths of who God wants me to be so I could be just like him. That's the spirit. That's the essence of what he's teaching us. And to you and to me, that should be a huge weight off of our shoulders that oh, I don't have to go into 2021 like feeling like I got to catch up in life, that I have to do all this stuff. I have to be better. I have to get my act all polished and whatever, fill in the blank. But I could just behold his mercy. And out of that, I start to live this amazing transformed life. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for this time where we can be together, where it's been hard to be together this year. And our prayer is that you would speak to us, you'd speak to every person in this room, first with the, the criticism, with the negativity. Would you, by your grace, bring to light the voices in our heads that are leading us away from you? Would you show us, not with judgment, not with harsh criticism, but with mercy, what we can submit to you. And this week, our prayer is that you would give us a revelation of what are the words that I need to form that are going to shape the course of my life so I can be the man, I can be the woman that you've called me to be. And that we wake up each morning with that joy, with that enthusiasm, with that excitement for life, because we are on your path. God, we thank you and we love you. Amen.